What are you waiting for? Get to the episode. Welcome to this celebrity-endorsed episode of Ribbon of Memes 103. That's right, we managed to get Christopher Walken to do an opening uh, narration for us. No, I'm kidding. That was supposed to be... That was, in fact, the dulcet tones of Arnold Schwarzenegger, of whom we will be discussing some of his early films in this episode. Yeah, though, though not the really early ones like Hercules in New York, because my word, that's bad. <laughs> well, these are, I, I guess, our original idea for the theme of this one was um, early Arnie, but it, I guess it's more like early to mid Arnie because we're talking films 84, 85, 87, a, a trio of films. Um, mm. his, his real breakout role. Well, we picked Arnie because, um, well, we've enjoyed his films before. Particularly in the context of Riven of Memes when we were looking at the Terminator films. And Last Action Hero, which we talked about as well. Yeah. We are both um, children, um, not of the 80s, but we grew up in the 80s. We watched a lot of these muscle man, um, uh, steroidal, um, uh, that's not actionable because he took steroids while they were legal, um, <laughs> muscle men. Um, yeah, and as uh, I mentioned back back in our 100th episode, uh, Commando was one either either the first or one of the first action films I saw. So In I, the cinema? Yeah. Well, at all. So, so I still have a soft spot for it. Well, we're going to revisit that. So we're going to look at some Arnie films. Um, uh, and I guess let's see if we can learn anything by watching a few in a row. The ones we have picked, we avoided um, Conan, even though that was his breakout role, really, because it, it feels quite different to some of his other roles, really. Mm. Um, uh, a very different milieu. So we have picked um, Commando, The Running Man, and Predator. Um, to see if we can find any masterpieces hidden amongst these um, uh, very dumb films <laughs> in some ways. Um, but so should we take them in chronological order? Yeah. So the the first thing I have trouble with watching Commando now is realising, yeah, this, this is post-Terminator. Uh, yeah, this is 1985. I was surprised. I assumed it was 82 or something because I always... But, but he did, he did do both the Conans, so... Yes, he did the Conans before this, or was it mm. the second yeah, Conan? Yeah, he'd, he'd done both of them by now. He, he'd done, and then he'd done the Terminator. Um, and the, yeah, this was one of the... It was, So, yeah, it wasn't his first um, film that he carried by himself, but it, it establishes a lot of the kind of the Arnie tropes that we hadn't had in Conan and we hadn't really had in Terminator, but we have here... And I say the Arnie tropes because he is, uh, with the best one, I don't think anyone's going to be too shocked here that Arnold is not doing a great deal of acting in these particular performances, or at least not different acting. He's doing the screen Arnold that isn't the Terminator and isn't Conan. I, I think it would other. be fair to say that, that he gets better as an actor later. I mean, go, uh, go back and listen to Last Action Hero episode. Yes, um, yeah. But... I, I, at this point, either he ain't that great or he he um, ain't acting that great because this is what the role demands. 
Uh, yes. I, I think for Commando, I don't think he had a lot of influence, but by the time of Predator and the Running Man, he, he was in a position to have at least a certain amount of say as to what was going on. Yeah, he was, he was, um, I don't know if he had producing roles, but he was certainly, um, uh, as you say, clearly pulled a lot of like, to some extent, um, literally, because he was a, a big chap, um, but, uh, the, the similarities across these films are, despite, you know, different writers, different directors, um, different cinematographers, uh, it's got to be, as you say, Arnold, that's the common factor in a lot of these mm. things. And so he must have had some influence. Either it was written for his screen persona. But Commando is the story of um, a commando who's very angry indeed because his <laughs> daughter's been kidnapped. I, I must have, I was slightly sort the... The opening of this film, so we have a number of murders of ex, ex, um, uh, members of his squad. Yeah. Um, then we have a very, <laughs> very, um, uh, smeared on thick, uh, few, um, uh, scenes, a, a montage of Arnold and his daughter in, I don't know, even an episode of the Waltons, it'd be a bit much, I think. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> but, yeah. Car- carrying a tree trunk, because I, I think they're mu- the, the film drinking game that I started making up while I was watching these. Do not attempt yes. this at home. Um, but that de- <laughs> definitely includes, uh, only does a strength feat against an inanimate object. <laughs> yes, yeah, for some, uh, Cause, you know, if, if, if he's rustling a guy, we know you can do that on a film. You can make it look good. But, yes. you know, he's, he's picking up a tree trunk. There is no cutaway to the stunt man. He's just got the tree trunk on one shoulder and the chainsaw on the other, and he's going to stroll exactly. home. <laughs> this is Arnold doing a strong thing, um, or breaking a, a chain, which may have been judiciously sawed through before, or lifting up something um, like a car, mm-hmm. um, Lou Ferringo style. Um, he was uh, yeah, yeah, let's not, let's not forget, uh, un- unlike some other uh, screen strongmen, he's a bodybuilder first, yes. rather than, for example, a pro wrestler. Yes, exactly. I mean, he is genuinely, like he'd already won um, uh, Mr. Universe several times and Mr. Olympian. Um, he, he, that's where he made his name and used mm. it to get into, um, uh, I was going to say acting. I think I mean films <laughs> more than acting. Um, but uh, the other, another trope here is Arnold sits back in the chair and puts a cigar in his mouth. I think that would be a good, um, <laughs> that mm. could be a, a good trope. Um Anyway, and, and he's not the only now. actor like this. I mean, re- remembering um, it's a Tom Cruise film. He's got to ride a motorbike. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not um, judging somewhat, but I think. Uh, well, we'll come on to it later on. I, I, um, I will agree with you. That introduction is very heavy-handed. Yeah, here, here is a big tough guy, but he loves his daughter. Oh my, does he love his daughter? Um, you know, they're happily splashing around in a pool, or they're eating ice cream. And she's shoving it in his face, and he doesn't break a neck. So you know, he must clearly, <laughs> he must clearly be quite happy with her. Um, Damn, we're going to need another then, Jenny. <laughs> but quite soon, we have the the old general turning up, telling him he's got to do one more job. Um, in this case, he doesn't actually tell him he's got to do one more job, but he serves a very similar plot function in that he is the driver of the story. Um, uh, this case, one of his old, uh, the, the old, the badden from his old, um, squad, Bennett, um, who, who is Bernard actually, Wells, he, he thinks is one of the guys who's been murdered because that's been set up to look convincing. Yes, but actually he's not. This, uh, Bennett is a straight, so Bennett's the, uh, Vernon Wells was, um, what's his name in Mad Max 2? Um, the, the kind of Dom, Dominator character from um, uh, in the kinky sort of chainmail uh, 
bikini thing from Mad Max 2. Um, uh, vest. The kind of, but, yeah. <laughs> well, here, Bennett has a... Yeah, all right. Not, a a chainmail vest away. which has no narrative purpose. Well, yeah, Bennett has a... Yeah, a chainmail... It's like a tank top. But mm. also, I was trying to work out what... It was quite clear to me in a number of things. That's just a knitted... Ta- it's it's, mm-hmm. it's woolen. It's quite clear. I don't know what... <laughs> It's a very strange but, look. But, but very much as in Mad Max 2, his character is in love with someone. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. In this case, in it's this Arnie. Case, it's Arnie. <laughs> exactly. Yes, yeah. It's, um... Uh, I mean, it's no yeah. Top Gun, but, oh boy, there's there's a certain... If, if you're looking for homoerotic content, we've certainly got it. Yes, exactly, yeah. Yeah, it's, um... Uh, I, I'm not sure Arnie reciprocates there, unfortunately, for Bennett, but there we go. What I liked immediately about... Commando was the he doesn't even make a pretense of attempting to um, uh, cooperate with these guys. You know, the first guy says, "We've got your daughter." You know, you got to go on. He just shoots him dead <laughs> straight away. I mean, there's no <laughs> pre He just kills him, then pushes a car down. That was another Arnie strength feat. TM. Yep. They've taken out the spark plug, so he just pushes the car. <laughs> it doesn't even need a spark. Con- conveniently, the a, there is a, a hill for him to run down. I think there was a James Bond about this sort of area. I, while I was watching this, I was very much reminded of the, you know, the later Roger Moore James Bonds. Um, a View to a Kill came out the same year as this, so that, that's his last one. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, but but I'm sure there was, there was one like that where it, where he has to uh, bounce a car down a hill to, to catch up with the bad guys in, in one of them. I have a feeling that's uh, the 2CV. In yeah. your eyes only. Yeah. Um, possibly. But you're right. There is a similar, similar scene. But, um, um you know, we, we, we talk about the Arnie catchphrases, but, um, you know, James Bond was doing the catchphrases as well. And yes. I, I think there's more of an influence from that, from the James Bond ethos to this than was really obvious at the time. I think you're right. The, the Roger Moore, I have, I mean, I don't like Bond, frankly. I have a softness for the Roger Moore, um, a softness in my heart for the Roger Moore era because, yeah, it has quips, um, mm-hmm. particularly as, uh, I think he's attempting re-entry, so which I think is my favourite, um, carry on style. that some Bond. harm comes to him. <laughs> it's it's they're almost like carry on bomb films the Roger Moore film. and these are uh, Arnie well again our other drinking game thing would be Arnie gratuitously murders someone then does a quip which he does <laughs> in every one of the films we're watching today um, uh, we are talking about today um, uh, and again he gets his his plot fails he gets captured and immediately there's no attempt to be like you got my daughter he's just like fuck you straight away there's no mm-hmm. attempt to yeah they, uh, they have to wheel her in to, to demonstrate yes yes we are in fact planning to murder this girl uh unless yes. you do what we say well actually we're probably planning to murder her anyway no, nobody's really under any illusion there he certainly doesn't believe that they're going to let him or her live if he does the job there's a vague suggestion that because at one moment that the baddie says to her uh the, which is um dan uh dan Hedaya, yeah which Splendidly we have not greasy. Uh, yeah, we had him in Ribbon of Memes before because he was in Blood Simple. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, much better in, in that, I think. <laughs> Here he hasn't got a great deal to do other than to look like a a kind of general Noriega kind of... Um, but uh, I, I definitely Timothy. fell for the guy here. I didn't see him in much else for a long time. Mm. Uh, uh, oh, I've lost my train of thought now. But, uh, uh, so he uh, because his daughter is right in front of him, then he kind of reluctantly agrees to go and do the job, which is to go kill someone in another country. Um, but then as soon as he's on the plane, he just kills his mind <laughs> like instantly, um, breaks his neck, puts a blanket over him, 
Um, and they they fly off to. Uh, he he then jumps off the plane. This it's very, it's very. I I have to admit, I was really admiring his no compromise. I mean, he just mm-hmm. just kills the guy, gets off the plane by as it's taking the off. cargo hold. As it's taking, he'll get by getting and then dropping. I don't know, thirty, forty feet into a swamp, conveniently located at the end. Do they have swamps at the end of runways generally? Uh, sometimes. Like a good idea. I guess it depends where your runway is. I mean, I the the, the cut from here, here is a dummy falling through the air to here is Arnie's stuntman dropping into the swamp is a lot more obvious than it was when I was sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's not the most convincing um, effect. Um, I'm sure they don't have swamps in San Diego, but I could be. I think it's San Diego. Anyway. Um, Oh, maybe they do. It's it's a minor plot point. It doesn't matter. But anyway, then, yeah, uh, here, here we get the plot driver because he knows how long the flight is and because the stewardess is not going to inspect his sleeping colleague, comrade, brackets dead. <laughs> in any way. Um, um, that, that is the deadline for when the bad guys found out that he's not, in fact, there. The, yes. It's a little hazy in the, on the geography because you know, the, the basic idea is that uh, Anadaya Arius is, is going to... Um, be in charge when when the coup is over. He, he he's assembling all this military hardware. He's going to storm in when on, on presumably on news of the president's death. The the, pre, yeah. the the legitimate president was put there by Arnie in his special forces days, so we'll trust him. Is is the theory? Yes, which is how we can get close to him. Yeah, but all of this is happening eleven hours flight away from California. And if yeah. I were planning to move a small military force some of which is clearly not readily air transportable, I would probably put it quite a bit closer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yes. I, they hadn't thought it through. I think that's in keeping with the film. Well, that's, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, maybe they have a layover somewhere, but crucially a layover where no one gets off the plane. <laughs> yeah. Also, they, they, they didn't announce that on the... Um, yeah, they, they, it, it's, a, it's a DC ten ten. Um, they they can fly about seven hours without refueling, not eleven. Okay. So, so yes, I mean okay. a layover would have made sense. But there, there's a thing we, we're going to come back to with all of these films to some extent. There's just a, a certain amount of casual sloppiness where somebody has either not bothered to think about it at all, or has seen the thing and gone, "Eh, good enough." I feel yes, I do feel there's an element of. Um... Uh, it's bordering on contempt for the audience a bit, mm. you know, that it's like, um, I, you could charitably say, uh, you're all along for the ride, you don't, well, this doesn't matter too much. Just turn off your brain and enjoy it. Yeah, but it, I, I don't know, I find it slightly more, I don't want to say offensive, but, but there's an element of it's like, oh, you won't notice, you're just going to enjoy the killings and things. Um, but, it, they're hard not to notice <laughs> some mm. of these things, uh, uh, but the fundamental premise is a bit um, is a bit flawed. Um, but Barney yeah. then goes after the sleazy Sully, who is a baddie with no redeeming features whatsoever. Yeah, um, I mean, again, perhaps you could call this kick the cat, and he he he's not just <laughs> yes. a guy on the wrong side, but he's also a rapey abuser type who casually shoots into the crowd um, when, when he's trying to get Arnie. Without particularly That's caring fine. who I, might be downrange, I, I don't really need grey areas in this kind of film. I'm mm-hmm. quite happy for him to be a horrible, sleazy scumbag. Um, well, he is, I mean, he is, he is way more scumbag than any of the rest of them. 
He is actually, yeah. He's, he's the biggest comeback in the whole, and he's um, uh, also way more eighties than any of the others mm-hmm. with, um, with his outfit. Looks at so this is the the I guess the most public um, scene. So he hits on um, is she uh, an air stewardess? Yes, I, I think um, he hits on air stewardess. Follows her all the way down, and then he's creepy to her. But the way Arnie does it by vandalizing a car and kidnapping her is okay. Um, it's less creepy because uh, Arnie does it. Um, to be fair, we know why Arnie's doing it, and he's not lying about it. But um, well, she, she's basically a character to get um, uh, well dumped on, really. But this is Ray Dawn Chong um, as uh, someone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, this is pro- probably her best known film. I mean, she, she's, uh, I, I believe, the daughter of Tommy Chong. Yes, so. that sounds right to me. Um, uh, I, I think I read that. But, I mean, yes, she did get some other roles, but this is probably her best known one. So, shrug. And that, uh, she, um, she's a bit more open. I don't know, she, she starts quipping and having a bit more of a sense of humour than I would. Yeah, but, uh, but I think this is the thing. That this is, this is, um, this is not just, I am the tough guy. This yeah. is, yes, you know, we, we get it. We get slightly into her viewpoint. She is quite fairly saying, you know, they, oh, they, they want to kill me. I've only known you five minutes. I want to kill you too. Yeah, <laughs> there's, some, there's some nice, uh, there, there, jokes a, with it. I mean, it, it's not very empathetic, but there is a certain amount of, yeah, th- this is actually quite stressful for her. She is not a special forces soldier. Yeah. You also, having her in it gives it a bit of a chance to be slightly tongue in cheek and, and make it slightly more self aware than it otherwise would have been because she can be like, this macho bullshit that you two are yeah. <laughs> spouting, which is quite, I, I did appreciate I, I that. I think there's a lot more self-awareness there than um, it gets credit for, and indeed than and some of the other films than, for instance, display. Well, well, Rambo, for instance, as well, you know, there's there's none of that, really. It's, it's uh, but not, Rambo's uh, probably not the best choice, because First Blood is, um, is a very different film to any of the other Rambo films, but Rambo 2, where it really became steroidal nonsense mm-hmm. in Afghanistan that is not a, that's a very po-faced blowing up film with none of the kind of humour yeah and I, I do think the humour is probably something Arnie brings along because all these films have an element of it and they're all different writers and directors and it, it does seem to be a common theme that this kind of slightly slightly tongue-in-cheek we know this is a bit silly um yeah, and as as I say, I, I, taking this as the first action film I saw, I, I took this as the template for basically what action films would be like. And when I did see yes. some uh, Stallone films later, I, I was very disappointed by the lack of that humour. So yeah, I I think this is why both were. Uh, there is, I mean, later on in his career, Stallone does like Demolition Man, which does a similar sort of thing. Mm. Sandra Bullock's character undercuts it, and that works much better yeah. than a lot yeah. of his other, earlier stuff like. Cobra, God, I just remember Cobra and the disease and the cure. <laughs> that was, that was a yeah. Anyway, but um, so, yeah, we, we've got we've got I'll be back. We've we got have got I'll be back. Nicely to, uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> and we have um, quips uh, like um, we have the uh, I <laughs> what happened to Sully? I let him go. Come on! Think you <laughs> that, I think that may be the first. Yeah, but um, but that, well, that's a triple quip. I mean, step one: hurry up. This is my weak arm. Yeah. Uh, step <laughs> step two: remember when I killed you last? I lied. And then step yeah. three: I let him go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was. It was 
beautifully said. I, I wasn't saying that as a bad thing. I thought that was mm. very well done. Um, I <laughs> Followed by another drink for Anani's strength feat as he as he pushes the car back onto its wheels. As he pushes the car back <laughs> over the right side. So I I genuinely uh, was really enjoying it. You know, at this point where it's the typical sort of Arnie eighties, um, but it it feels like it's establishing all the films that would come, the things mm. that would come up later. Uh, where I lost it a little bit. I, well, the, <laughs> that we have um, our second ribbon of memes backward firing rocket launcher gag, which I wasn't expecting. I thought our, uh, I thought the previous one we had was in Four Lions, but here we have. Um, is it Cindy? Cindy fires a rocket launcher backwards. Um, mm-hmm. I, I have next. actually read the instruction book. I went out and looked for it, and it does okay. does in fact say that this is the dangerous end. So, okay, well, I, okay technically right. they're both dangerous ends because you got a lot of backblast, but yeah. <laughs> She was in a stressful situation, mm. um, but she's prepared on the strength of knowing him a short period of time to commit a felony offence, which would net a quite a long time in prison. Um, Actually, since we're here, I would just like to pop into Roger's gun's corner for a moment, because yes. that, that particular launcher um, became popular in action films basically because of Commando. Um, oh, really? A, as an actual military weapon, it was a bit of a failure, Um it was developed to be a replacement for flamethrowers. It's not an anti-armor rocket at all. It's not. They, oh, they, they okay. never developed anything except the, the the idea was you, know, you fire it into a bunker entrance or something that it sprays uh, incendiary compound, not napalm, but frankly the difference is academic if you if you're being hit by it. Okay. Um, they well, they, they did plan a CS gas load for it, but they never built one. But that, that was the basic idea. You know, here, here is a target with a narrow opening, and let's dump something into it without getting close. Um, I guess for Hollywood, though, what it does is create a very nice, explodey thing. Yeah. And in a lot of action films after that, it creates a very nice, explodey thing. I mean, in the real world, they'd mostly been put into storage by this date, because they were just a bit rubbish. <laughs> so, <laughs> in, in the film, she kind of hits the ground behind the police truck, and that's enough to blow the police truck off and onto its side. And then does Arnie do another strength feat where he just smashes his way out of the car at that point? Mm-hmm. But So that wouldn't really happen, because it would just like set fire to the tarmac a bit, and they'd carry on driving, presumably. Yeah, but, yeah. Oh, that's reminded me that at the bottom of the hill chase, um, the car explodes for no adequately good, <laughs> which again is another um, take a sip of whiskey um, moment. And it, okay, not the first one. But... <laughs> um, so I, yeah, I was really enjoying it up until the kind of the final assault at the end. Mm, that... It's interesting how much it falls into the three act structure. I mean, yeah. Uh, a lot of the time you you slip forward and back a bit, but this is very clearly, you know, to the minute accuracy. We've got the intro to the stuff at the airport. Yes. Uh, we've got, and then, then that ends when he sets the timer. We've got the mall, the hotel, the warehouse, and yes. then finally we've got the island. Yes. And and it's it's pretty much, yeah, the, the, this is the act. More, yeah, much more uh, obviously so than most of the time. That's reminded me the island starts with a gratuitous um, uh, swimwear shot for Arnie, of course. We don't, we don't, actually, we don't actually see Cindy in swimwear, which is nice to see. Um, uh, it, it is I'm a classic sure if... gearing up scene as well. Oh, it is. Yeah, I have to say that the kind of that's uh, I don't know if it was pinched off anywhere, but it's so uh, oft imitated. My it, I it, except for one before. specific thing, which you really do not do. 
And if this is helpful advice to you, I, I really hope you're, you, sh- you have other sources of helpful advice than Ribbon of Memes, but you do not attach the grenades to your vest by the pin. Yes, it seems very convenient <laughs> because you, you pull them and throw them, but they they might fall off the pin. It's not a load-bearing element. Yes, that's, that's <laughs> pretty handy advice. Important safety tip. Thanks, Egon. Um, anyway, sorry. Uh, yeah, so we are. I having not seen Commando, and you know this where he's in his Commando gear and his camouflage. I thought the whole film was this sort of thing, and um, so I was quite pleasantly surprised by the kind of eighties action uh, um, city stuff that we had mm. before this. One thing, and, and there, there's there, a logical plot progression to it as well. You know, yes, the, the timer on the flight. Then you get to Sully. Sully leads you to Cook in the motel. That leads with a bit of haziness to the warehouse that leads to the plane that leads to the island but yeah sorry when, when we get to the island oh yeah also shout out for bill duke as cook who we're going to um uh, talk about again with, mm-hmm. with predator but, um, also, also um i think probably the first time i'd seen him bill paxton as the radar intercept guy oh i forgot to shout out bill paxton yes uh, I, I, been... I i choose to believe he was just hanging around the studio when when they were doing that shot you know but Oh, we love a bit of Bill Paxton, who mm-hmm. had already... This wasn't... I was going to say maybe this is his first screen role, but it wasn't because he'd been in um, Terminator, for sure, at least, um, yeah. as one of the punks. Um, and he was about to be in Aliens. Um, mm-hmm. Which was that? Was that eight, it was Aliens 86. Aliens is 86, yeah, it's just the year yeah. after this. Um, but I, I did switch off slightly with all the kind of... Uh, I mean, there's not a lot to the base assault, really. There's just lots of people... Flying about with explosions. And, See Arnold uh, run, run Arnold run. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's um, uh, it it didn't. Uh, I did turn off and, and slightly. Well, I didn't turn off. But I I slightly sped through this a bit because I didn't find it that exciting. We have Dan Hadaya um as the the um the chief villain, pretty swiftly detached with a uh, detached uh, dispatched or detached whichever you like with um with a shotgun. Um, and then we have the uh, the, the, kind the, of the real basement. villain. <laughs> the real villain. We have Bernard, um in the basement. Um, it, it's was... interesting because there's, there's a scene for him earlier which I think places him very effectively in, in the hierarchy of bad guys because yeah, we, we've, we've got um, the uh, Arius uh, ha- has his loyalists yes, who, who are basically dressed up as your, your classic um, South American Banana Republic soldiers. That's right, and yeah. and um, one one of them is is trying to macho it up a bit, and he says to Bennett, you know, slitting a little girl's throat is like cutting warm butter, and 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 Bennett just has utter contempt for him. Yeah, you are you are beneath my class. You're you're, you're trying that... to be a bad guy, but you're not even being a bad guy. I am a bad guy. Yeah, I'm the proper bad guy, and it, yeah. And, I, and if I have I, to slit a, a little girl's throat, I'm just going to do it, not fart about. Take, talking about how fun it is. Not giggling and enjoying it. Yeah. But then this is the same guy is then goaded by Arnold into mm-hmm. um, <laughs> dropping all his weapons and taking him a mano a mano as a night when Arnold, who is basically absolutely knackered um, and about to get shot, then manages to use his, um, I don't know, manly wiles <laughs> um, and, uh, to convince <laughs> the, 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 to this convince... is my argument for seeing the story as, as a tragic romance <laughs> this scene Bennett to drop all his weapons and um uh, get get up close and sweaty with Arna. Now it makes a lot more sense now i put it like this <laughs> <laughs> um but they have a knife fight um or at least um bennett has a knife um 
Uh, and yeah, we have the classic <laughs> impaled on a steam thing um, with steam. He gets impaled on a steam vent. Um, what's the quip of it? Is it he had to let off some steam, steam. Bennett? Okay. Yeah. So there were a few. Was it you that sent me? There were a few um, unfilmed versions of that, which is just um, not unfilmed. There are a few alternative versions of that, which are. Um, I, th- I think uh, you they, found it. They aren't the list of the ones I sent you, which are other good quips like "Pipe Down, Bennett," <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but they were they were really bad quips, like just like "Fuck you, Bennett." So it, it was nice to have the let off some steam. Um, and then, well, then it ends. Really, we have we have it wrapped up. He goes off with the girl. They never kiss. They never embrace. It's not really even necessarily that they have a romantic relationship. It's it, it strongly well. I mean, it's the, what's. The, the thing that would happen in speed a few years later, the idea that, you know, relationships formed under pressure never last, I think yeah. in some extent is an answer to this because, you know, they, they, they have been through these high pressure situations together. Yeah. And that is yeah. obviously sufficient for, for forming a romantic partnership. Yes. But he, he wades off into the conveniently stolen seaplane. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> There's a lot of paperwork. You can't go wrong with a grum and goose. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's not her. She's stolen it. Who's the one who owns it? Anyway, yeah, the owner is probably um, dead on the island by now. Well, that's true. Okay, um, the, uh, they're still going to be registered to someone. Let's think of the insurance. Um, but <laughs> oh, it will um, probably be confiscated by the California police for for. I mean, surely fermenting a revolution in a foreign state is is against California law somehow. Well. It works for some presidents, but anyway, let's... Uh, oh, not in a foreign state. It's all right when it's your own state. Anyway... There, there, um, there, were, there were things that struck me, though. I mean, there, there are good things and bad yeah. things. Um, mm. I mean, I I love that moment of you, you can go to an army surplus store and press the button under the counter, and here is not only a backroom full <laughs> of military hardware, some of which is actually quite current, yeah. but it's all loaded and ready to use. <laughs> just what you uh, see. That's now. just great. Uh, yeah, that's that's a nice a tool up moment. It's a, I don't know if the the Matrix calls back to that with the guns, lots of guns, but it feels it feels like they're in the Matrix warehouse where all the guns. Stephen are E. D'Souza is a producer on both films. Well, I I wonder if it was it reminded me of it a bit. Um, there there are little things and. Possibly because I I was I I now know rather more about guns than I did then. Um, I noticed little um. You would think, you know, here is a shot of Arnie standing next to a statue blazing away. And then we, we cut, we cut over to some soldiers falling over and then we cut back to him blazing away some more. You would think you would make those two shots, you know, one after the other, but no, because they've given, they've given him a, a, a different gun with a very visibly different top handle. The continuity is a, is a bit of an issue, isn't it, with, um, with Commando? There, there are lots of little errors on that. I, I, I think, some of it is just, yeah, but you can only mount one camera on the car when you're doing the driving in the car scene, so you have to do that as two separate takes at the very least. Yeah. And there are yes. just these little bits where nobody really cared, I think. That, I, I feel like of, of the three we talked this one, um, it's probably the dumbest. This was directed by Mark L. Lester. Um, I'll, I'll argue with you on dumbest, but we'll come back to that. Uh, okay, well, that's a fair point. Um, but perhaps, well, no, I was about to say shows more contempt for the audience, but I think um, we there, <laughs> we may be about to... Um, there, uh, there is no such thing as amphibian fuel. It, they, they run on Avgas, just like most other engines of that period. 
Oh yeah, where she's like, oh yeah, this is a this would be, and also she knows exactly how far you could get to. Off, I don't know how far I could go <laughs> on my car. Uh, oh, that that that's it. quite standard uh, um, in in uh, pilot training. To be fair, I guess that is the sort of calculation you do. You know, you say right. I've got enough room, I've got enough um, fuel for this trip. Uh, plus the diversion to the emergency field, plus, you know, half an hour of general flying around, and that's how much you load the on the plane. the consequences of running out of fuel in an aeroplane are a bit more dramatic than running out of fuel in, a, in an automobile. It's fair enough. There are um, weird bits. I mean, he, you know, he, he sneaks up behind some guy and cuts his throat. Mm. Fine. But it's weirdly bloodless. I mean, we, we've seen... Mm supposedly plausible looking injuries but you know you you would think you, you stick your knife in somebody's throat and haul it across there's going to be some blood <laughs> i have to say it feels um a li- i'm not sure when the a-team was around but like the fight sequences the expert all feel a bit a-team to me yeah there's a lot of people flying about going Aah! um perhaps the bloodiest death is um uh arius um, when he gets shot with it. But even then, it's just, you know, some squibs on the front of the chair. Uh, it, but, yeah, you're right. It's, it doesn't really... It feels a bit like consequence-free violence, and that's... Um, also, uh, I, I, I wonder slightly um, whether, whether they were just going for a particular rating. Um, probably. Probably. But it did feel a bit A-team to me. I enjoyed it lots. Probably more... Then it deserves, well, you know, as an action film, it delivers what you want. Um, mm. I, uh, I, I probably, well, I thought I was going to enjoy the, enjoy the other two more. Part of the reason I hadn't watched Commando before is it was just a straight action film without any sci-fi elements. And I have to admit, you know, a lot of these films had some degree of creeping in sci-fi of some kind. Yeah, we, um, we, we didn't do Raw Deal because I, I remember that and not particularly fondly. Yes, exactly. Um, so, uh, and I guess there was another one, Red Heat, wasn't there with him? Uh, I I have less fondness for the ones without sci-fi stuff in, I think, mm. from the 80s. But I enjoyed this a lot. Um, uh, I'm not going to call it a masterpiece. <laughs> um, but it's certainly, just, just checking, uh, this was an R rating, so they, they weren't doing the PG-13 thing. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So they could have, but they did Well, maybe there's some restraint there. Um, it does establish a lot of the Arnie, I'm not a Terminator, I'm not uh, Conan, this is my uh, macho on-screen presence when I'm not a killer cyborg thing. Yeah, I, I, um, I think, hmm, this, okay, this isn't his first role as a um, person who can pass for a normal person in the modern world. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. It feels like his sort of action hero stereotype. I don't know if it's established here, but it's fair, mm. oh, I hope it's fair to say that in the next yeah. few films we're going to talk about the character, aside from the name, aside from their job, they're almost literally identical characters. I mm-hmm. mean, you could not. There's no personality quirk. Their quirks are they quip when people get killed and they smoke cigars and they run fast and that's in all <laughs> all of these yeah. didn't get to do a lot of running in predator because there's too much jungle in the way to be fair <laughs> <laughs> well shall, shall we uh, go on to predator so predator is uh this is the director we have encountered before on ribbon of memes uh john mctiernan who yeah. did the die hard uh, uh the original die hard which we liked quite a lot and last action hero which yeah, okay, flawed, but had some moments, at least for me. Yes. And, yeah, uh, th- th- this had its genesis in um, Rocky, Fa- Rocky Four in 1985. 
Okey-doke. Where, where the joke was, you know, he, he, he's fought people from everywhere on Earth, brackets the USSR. Um, <laughs> so, so if they make a five, he'll have to fight an alien. And, and that was how it started. You know, he, got the right what, mind, one really. guy is going to have to fight an alien. Okay, yeah. And it was only after Schwarzenegger came on board that uh, it was turned into this is the team, at least to start with. Yeah, so this is a, it's a nice kind of, ah, uh, it's one of those films, it's not really a bait and switch because everyone knew what was happening, but it's one of those films that starts out as um, a type of film, then switches genre halfway through. It's less grating here than in some films like, um, what's that Tarantino one where it suddenly turns into a vampire film halfway through? Um, but uh, we get the team, we get these... these um, yeah, it, it's kind of a mini Rambo too. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, here, here is the team. They go. They're, they're a hostage rescue team that seems to be part of special forces somehow. Uh, it, yeah. <laughs> but but, well, but I, I in, in some weird way, gets a choice about what missions to go on. Unlike you know, real world military. <laughs> well, I, I thought they were a mercenary team uh, who are all ex special forces. It would work a lot this better is, if they were. Um, this. Um, I mean, this has got some of the greatest nonsense macho. That handshake at the beginning, Dylan, you son of a bitch. And <laughs> just the biceps on the screen there. It nearly broke my phone, I have to admit. The, uh, the, the amount of. Yeah, all, um, all you need is some diamond dust falling out when they let go. <laughs> yeah, the sheer musculature on display. And the. The characters, uh, they, you know, one of the reasons we love aliens is that, I mean, we've talked before about the one to two dimensionality. You just need some level of character to root for. Mm. These, to me, these are very superficial characters, but they're all specific. They're all given some character. It may be um, just you know, one trait, but it's it's an effective trait. It is. You know, we have the kind of making a goddamn sexual tyrannosaurus. Uh, the, the lines are just fantastic. We have... Uh, we get the measure of these guys. They're tough hombres, um, but they're also a team, and the nice thing about it starting with this... Um, uh, hostage takedown, uh, sorry, this hostage rescue, which turns out to be uh, something other than they were expecting, um, slightly, uh, is that we get to see them being absolutely professionally competent and working well as a team mm. before they're all murdered by the, the um, uh, spoiler, the, the aliens. Not really yeah, I mean, arguably, this is, this is a, a ball that aliens dropped because we never see the colonial marines actually in action doing the thing they're trained to do. Hmm. Um, they, as soon as the Marines and aliens uh, get into a firefight, um, I, and it's expect you know Gorman's supposed to be this green around the gills, um, but they just completely <laughs> fuck it up and almost immediately die. And I, I, I don't know how the production dates work out, and whether anybody could have, um, whether anybody involved could have seen uh, aliens. I don't think so, um, but there, there are definitely some parallels. You know, that, the, we we are the tough guys in the dropship slash helicopter, yeah. jo- joking about as, as we get ready to go out and do something horribly dangerous. Yes, yeah, that scene in the uh, that could be you know some of that dialogue could be in the you know the the colonial marines dropship scene as well. It's, hmm. it's just nicely so we have Jesse Ventura and his plume of tobacco spit onto um uh, uh onto oh goodness I'm having a, a blank of the CIA uh, guy's um, name. Uh, Carl Weathers. Uh, 
Carl Weathers, um, just uh, it's a real nasty habit. You go, it's just I don't know. There's something in me that really responds well to this kind of terrible steroidal dialogue. Um, Arnie is again indistinguishable in his character from the other one. We do we have some nicely placed like I don't do that kind of work. Um, you know, we have some some moral centre to him very slightly. Um, and so he's mad when yeah, it's with. interesting because very often the CIA guy turn, just turns out to be the villain. Yes, uh, as opposed to the proper manly army types. But you he know, gets a bit of a, an arc here, doesn't he? Um, uh, he but, even yeah. gets a reasonably heroic death. He does. He gets a bit of a chance at redemption. Um, I, I, I feel like this one straight away, and it's probably McTiernan's direction as well. We get the characters nicely done. We get. Um, uh, you know, uh, I don't know. There's just so many lines that I. It's hard for me this one because there's so many lines that have hung stuck with me over the years, like mm. um, like stick around and um, if it bleeds, we can kill it. And uh, some things out there, and it ain't human. It's it. I I feel it's masterfully done to build up the tension. We've seen these tough guys. We know that what they can deal with, and they're scared. You know, particularly mm. when they're like Billy's scared. We'd never seen Billy ever scared before. It does a really good job of building up this creature. Um, even watching it now, knowing exactly what it is, I, I think it's really masterful. In the same way that John McTiernan does it in Die Hard, I think he really masterfully builds up the tension. Mm. I think he does a great job here as well of, um, yeah, getting uh, you to um, like these guys. Yeah. Showing that they work as a team, we do get a TMR a patented Arnie feat of strength when he lifts up the um, when he lifts up the truck, um, mm -hmm. pushes it into the, the the. It's also mercifully brief. I think the action, you know, when they take over the, they I don't want to see things exploding and people flying around and all. That. I I've got a limited tolerance for it, so they get it over with pretty quickly, and then they've done that bit, and so mm -hmm. you don't see a lot of that again. So I yeah, and that's basically that. Act One. Yeah. Um. And yeah, the, the the thing that really struck me uh, watching this time is how much of the camera work is is set up to have uh, tree limbs or you know, bits of foliage reaching across the front of the frame to give you the impression. I mean, obviously, that there's got to be enough room for them to move around and do stuff. Yeah. Um, but but it it feels claustrophobic. It uh, really you, does, you, doesn't it? Um... What's that line that makes Cambodia look like Kansas? I, just, <laughs> I can and, quote Predator all day. Yeah, I, I, I have, which I hadn't last time I saw this, now seen a bunch of Vietnam films which do a, a variable job of showing just how scary it is to be, I can't actually see what's out there and and, and it could be about to murder me. Yes, and, and some of these actors were Vietnam vets, um, Jesse Ventura uh, and um, the uh, Richard Chavez, Poncho. Yes, that's right. Um, but yeah, it's, um, it, it, it works as, it's claustrophobic, uh, we, we have these ranged weapons and that is our basic advantage. Yeah. But it doesn't really help being able to shoot 200 yards when you can see 20 yards. Exactly, yeah. Um, and there's a nice... It, it's an interesting uh, combination. We can see what, uh, thinking about go go back and listen to the Vietnam thon, but um yeah. we, we complain there sometimes about well, you can't really win. I either you can't see what's going on and it's scary, but it's um 
you but you can't see what's going on or you can and then it doesn't feel scary i think this does a fairly good job you can see what's going on and where people are and so on but at the same time um it, it is high energy and at least somewhat stressful I, I agree. It's not you're not really confused as to what's going on. The characters are, but particularly um, in the assault on on the on the uh, gorilla base. Yes, yeah, it's it, it's it's well done. You've got an idea of kind of where everyone is and what the stakes are and and what's happening. Um, and I suppose for the for the we were just talking about again, this kind of follows a three act structure as well. We have the assault on the base, then we have rising tension. I, I think two and three blend into each other a bit more here. To be fair. Well, it's well. I suppose for me, the rising tension culminating with basically everyone in the squad except Arnie gets killed. Mm, but, but that's uh, actually quite a bit finish. past the two-thirds mark. The finale with just him yeah. is a relatively small part of it. Though I agree that is um, dramatically speaking the third act. Yeah, um, but it's not really not. I do. I I did find it slows down a bit when it's just Arnie. He hasn't got anyone to bounce off particularly, mm. um, and there's a lot of him sitting in mud. And the predator shooting um, the the wrong thing. Uh, it, it yeah, feels a um, bit like oh, it... Roger's infrared camouflage corner. Uh, you no infrared camouflage works forever. You you are putting out a hundred plus watts, probably two hundred <laughs> yeah. if you're moving about, and that is going to heat up the mud that you are wearing, and eventually that is going to percolate through to the outside. <laughs> I, I would have thought by the time the mud is dried, it's not working anymore, presumably. Yeah. But. Um, We'll accept it as a conceit. It works quite oh, well. Oh, sure, sure. It's, and it's nicely signalled. Um, you know, there's no confusion about what's happening. Uh, the other thing, the reveal of the creature, uh, the... Uh, <laughs> now I'm thinking about the video you sent me of Jean-Claude Van Damme stumbling around in like a duck costume, <laughs> a red duck costume. Um yeah, it, it, it suggested that what that uh, one reason he was so hacked off was he he thought that that red costume that he was doing the tests in was what it was actually going to look like. Yeah, so the the original creature had like a kind of a a well, it's supposed to be like a a, a kind of protruding like dog like snout, but it because in the they needed something to be the exact opposite of green basically, so they could then cut it out quite easily. Mm. It was just red felt that he was walking around in um, uh, also he has eye holes in the neck because you know he, he's a big tough guy but he's not a huge guy now i think about it, it looks a bit like jar jar binks the whole thing <laughs> <laughs> but it, I, john claude van camp was was unimpressed at this and thought uh this is going to be his big break but he was was he fired because he basically continued to complain. he was fired yeah yeah, and then they hired um, the much, much taller. The other thing is Jean-Claude Van, Tam, Van Damme, uh, sub six foot, almost everyone else in the, all the steroidal, uh, sorry, the all the muscly guys in the squad <laughs> are all well over six foot. Um, and he just didn't look that intimidating, apparently, next to them. Um, so they then replaced him with um, Kevin Peter Hall. Mm-hmm. Um who, who had just been doing some other suit work on uh, Harry and the Hendersons. Yeah, he's like seven feet tall, or he was. That's tragically died very young, I think. Uh, uh, yeah, he but... got uh, uh, HIV from a blood transfusion. That's right, yes, yeah. Um, I, just a few years after this. Or he, um, he, he, it, he already died. had it at this point. It was, it was while he was yes. working on uh, Harry and the Hendersons. Uh, oh, that's, I think that's the TV, I think maybe the TV series of Harry the Anderson's, they brought him back for that, but anyway. Uh, could be. Yeah, he died, died I... in 91, so. 
but I, I feel like, sorry, aside from the uh, the Van Duck, um, uh, the Jean-Claude Van Duck um, creature, the actual creature, and we have uh, Stan Winston returning as, a, he does a great job, you know, this thing is, it's hard, a lot of aliens, uh, aliens are inspired by Earth creatures in some way, and this has got some kind of crab um, uh, DNA within it, and, and some kind of... Um, uh, aquatic uh, DNA, but it's just, it's a really when you get the reveal of the face, um, followed by the immortal line, "You are one ugly motherfucker." <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's it's, um, it's well done because that's kind of what you're thinking too. Um, but also, Stan Winston, Stan Winston yeah, makes also. everything better. <laughs> Stan Winston, heart heart. Um, it's good. I I think this succeeds in a, a lot of you know, even. Arnie does, he has progressed as an actor in, in a way that, you know, you have him when he's like, I'm here, kill me, what are you waiting for? Um, and his expression when the predator, like, gets up and goes round his trap is, is beautiful. Um, he looks vulnerable and scared, and mm. uh, it's it's a nice moment. Um, also, I mean, there, there are definitely some actors who, who would have ego problems, but hey, here, here his character is up against somebody who is explicitly bigger and tougher than he is. Yeah, and, and so he has to be smart about it, and that's much more the sort of uh, thing thing that I enjoy. Uh, okay, it speaks to cultural narratives as well. You know, the Western stories love to be about the underdog, and it's very hard to make only the underdog. <laughs> <laughs> Until you, oh, I, I was, yeah, it struck me this time that you know, having seen Commando, where it's all about the feats of strength, and I've got here, none of that helps him. At mm. all, he's not stronger than this thing. It will just snap his neck if he gets close to it. And, and um, they it's... they both end up losing their various tech toys and and having to end up going back to primitivism. Yeah, yeah, but he does. He beats it more. Uh, well, with a booby trap, basically. Uh, there's still no suggestion that he's going to arm wrestle it to death or anything like that. Yeah, it's but nice but also by thinking quickly, you know, he's not going to stand where the booby trap is going to is going to hit, but he's going round where I can drop the counterweight on him. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 well done. Um, I like Predator. I, I mean, for me. I, th- I I think it's something to do with John McTiernan and something to do with the actor. Uh, I, you know, I always thought of it as one of the lesser of the great sci-fi films of the time. Um, you know, Aliens, I think, uh, being the 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 winner, mm. um, and some of the others along that. I always thought Predator was a bit of a lesser film. I think watching it now, it's grown on me a bit. Um, uh, Arnie, I mean, he's incredible. You know, we're here to talk about Arnie. He is a very charismatic screen presence, um, and I it, think it, it works uh, better here. Yeah, I, I think at the time, the fact that it was an Arnie action fest was in itself yeah. enough to get people thinking, oh, well, it can't be any good. It's just violence. Yeah. And we're, we're certainly more used to that level of violence now, so we can see, yeah, yes, there's lots of violence, but here is this clever stuff as well. Yeah, and it, it feels yeah. I mean, there's lots of ickiness and uh, brain. There's lots of kind of body. There's lots of gore, I guess. Is what I'm trying to say, but it's. Uh, but at least some uh, of it is in the service of the story. I mean, if, if you didn't know going in what was going on, now I, I only saw this quite a few years later. I don't know how much how much the secrets were leaked at the time, but we we see the self in in Commando. Arnie patches himself up when he's been wounded. Yes. Here yeah. we've got the self-surgery scene, but it's by the alien, and so we yeah, so we realise yeah. this is this is an intelligent creature. It has equipment. It has a first aid kit, and, and it so doesn't on. quite also. Uh, uh, oh, that's reminding me. Yes, exactly. It doesn't quite do the uh, attack the block thing of 
it, it, it touches on it, but doesn't quite do the attack the block thing where one character suddenly spouts out exactly what these creatures are and you know that that's what you're supposed to do. We have a hint of it like um, it's hunting us and then Arnie kind of realises sort of mm. what's happening. But it's never that explicit um, and it's it's quite... Uh, I, I think more subtly done than in some other films. Um, I, do, I, I think... I've reappraised Predator as a bit of a masterpiece. I do, I do think it's well done. Uh, e- even if the Predator do- does fall for uh, Bennett's error. You know, why, why, why don't you put down <laughs> your pointy stick and I'll put down my plasma cannon and we'll try to kill each other like civilised people. Or maybe the Predator has a soft spot for Arnie as well. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I, it, it's certainly in trying to imply that there is some grudging respect in there. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, um, I, I like that the Predator is a... Uh, it's kind of uh, it wants a f- it doesn't want an easy fight but also it doesn't really want to get killed so it's quite happy to use all its high tech for the most part and it almost he almost shames it like he does with Bennett and to be like come on let's do this mano a mano or mano a zeno or whatever, <laughs> whatever you want to call it yeah I, I don't want to go too far down this road because one of these days I, I plan to uh, propose a theme episode on the most dangerous game and its imitators um, okay. But this is Very definitely good. of the era when being a hunter is not a thing the audience is expected to sympathise with. Yes, okay. So yeah. that, that's a consideration. Um, what, only one real misstep for me. Yes. Uh, right, right at the end, the you know the alien is mortally wounded. He's set off his he's setting off his self destruct device, and th- clearly they don't have any sort of language in common. We've just you know he's imitated the speech, whatever. But then he laughs. Yeah, now and that, that is just feels Billy's wrong laugh. to me. Yeah, it doesn't really. I, how would that thing know in the cultural context? That's what it's supposed to do. And yeah. even then, I mean, maybe you could maybe charitably argue because it. Uh, I'm presuming that's Billy's laugh that is recorded and is playing back. But still, it feels like. It doesn't feel appropriate, really, does it? It kind of humanises this thing that has otherwise been very alien. Mm. How would it know that that is a funny thing that it's that it's basically said, "Ha ha, fuck you." Um, I yeah, mean, maybe, I maybe this is just my science fiction reader head kicking in, but yeah. No, I agree. That does feel like a misstep. Um, uh, uh, t- two comments on casting. Uh, this is Jesse Ventura's first film role. Oh, really. Uh, but he had been a pro wrestler for several years before this, so you know, obviously used to performing in front of a camera and so on. But yeah, he certainly got well. That uh, <laughs> sometimes all you want from characterization is WWF level of characterization, and I think that's what they achieve here, uh, and it works brilliantly. I think I'm, I'm very happy with it. The, the other thing is uh, Bill Duke. Um, yes, returning from um, Commando, where, where uh, he is Cook. Uh, here is Mac Elliott. Uh, he had a fair old career after this. Um, he, he's um, still working, in fact. Um, yeah. Nothing uh, I've actually seen, but, you know, <laughs> maybe I <laughs> no, should fix that. No, but he that. also did some charitable work as well. I, I, had, it, I got it, the impression... He's a guy I love to see, certainly. Yeah, yeah. Well, I certainly got the impression he's probably one of the guys that looks scarier than he is in real life. So I was intro- I looked on his Wikipedia. And yes, he is a much much nicer person than he comes across. Um Oh, I'm gonna have me some fun. Um, I just, there's, uh, gonna have me some fun. It's, uh, this, uh, it's an endlessly quotable film. I do feel mm. like the writing is a notch up from, uh, Commando. Yeah. And, and then. From the sublime, or possibly sublime, to something a lot less sublime. 
The Running Man. Do you know, I hadn't seen The Running Man um, since <laughs> I hadn't seen Commando at all. I had seen Predator a number of times recently um, uh, and enjoyed it. Um, the Running Man I hadn't seen since uh, the 80s, um, and I had a lot fonder memories of it than <laughs> I have to yeah. say. Um, coming back to it is... Um, Okay, well, let's talk about it. Yeah, so so this starts as a book by uh, Stephen King when he when Richard Buckman Richard alias Bateman. was still holding up. Yes, uh, I have read that book. loosely based on that. It's very loosely based. Uh, I, I have read the book. It's a very gloomy nineteen seventies sort of book. Oh, um, right. It came out in the eighties, but you know. Uh, it, it starts with, uh, Richards is not a cop, he's just some guy. Um, it starts with, with his wife, um, going out and prostituting herself so they'll have enough money for food and ends with him crashing a plane into the TV building so that he will kill the main bad guy. So, yeah, shrug. But also he volunteers for the game. That, that's what, that's the thing. He, it's the only way he can find to get any money at all. Right. Uh, that was the original plan for this film. Okay. And that used to be, was it Christopher Reeve was sort of um, put down to... He, he was at least attached. I don't know um, how far they got, but certainly once they got Arnie on board, it shifted. He's yes. complained that, that it shifted to too much of a parody, um, but the, the, there's an interesting coincidence of time. It would be nice to know just who decided that it was going to shift over. Yeah, again, a lot of the Arnie staples here. He has his cigar, he has his... Quit. I mean, it almost feels this film, once Arnie became attached, it, it feels like it just became a vehicle for him to do his one-liners on various different people. And, and carry a um, girder, yeah. Uh, I I remember thinking this was a great film. Um, I remember very vividly, like, the exploding heads thing. Mm -hmm. um, so it, the... the uh, the, so the resistance, when they're prisoners, if they run past this sonic um, force field uh, thing, their heads will blow up. Um, I remember being blown away by that as a kid. Um, uh, I, then... I will um, grudgingly admit that Wedlock did it better. Uh, <laughs> film from no 91. one has ever said that since. Is that the Rutger Hauer B movie? It's a, that's a, a brilliantly terrible film, as mm. I recall. Um, I, I enjoyed it a great deal. Uh, yeah, 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 yes, I... Joan Chen is completely wasted, but possibly she got completely <laughs> um, wasted before she came to the set. I don't know. Um, oh, I'm not sure I'd want to see it again. So, I mean, the, the plot is that... We, we've got an actual score on this one. It's got a what? An actual score with, you know, a motif and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we the... did in Predator too, I should say. That, uh, sorry, in Predator. Well, Predator, um, Predator was Alan Silvestri and it's basically incidental. Um, Commando was yeah. uh, James Horner when, when James Horner was new and cheap. Uh, right. But here, you know, it, it's Harold Faltermeyer, so yeah, it's, it's a very 80s sort of score. Yeah. Um, but it, it's got that da-da-dum-da-dum thing. Yeah. That works, yeah. which the others really don't. So yeah, I, I kind of like that. Yeah. Um, it's uh, so he, he gets framed, he gets put in prison, and then he gets put on this. Yes, he uh, he, he does the terrible thing of not opening fire on a, on a mob of unarmed food rioters. <laughs> but then he's, he's framed for opening fire, um, and then he's on this this game show where basically you have to survive three hours running through. It's weird this because it sets it up like you've got to get through these four zones. So in my mind, I'm like, oh, this is going to be like the Crystal Maze. It's going to be the industrial <laughs> zone or whatever. It doesn't. 
that never really pans out into anything. They, they all look basically the same, yeah. Well, they're basically all the industrial zone from the Crystal Maze. Um, I, I think the suggestion is it's an abandoned part of the city, you know, damaged yeah. in writing or whatever. But yeah, the, the, I, I think the usual format is that there are the, probably three um, long-term participants, the runners, you know, the, the, the flashy yeah. murdery guys. And for for each zone, one of them goes in um, and goes goes after the criminal of the week, and yeah. and most of the time, what happens is is that the criminal of the week escapes at least the first two. I, it must be because I was thinking, you know, that the first um, who's the first villain, the uh, Ice Zero Sub Zero, uh, like Toru Tanaka. Killed... <laughs> if that, it's, 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 uh, um. If he just killed them straight away, what do they have backup contestants, or what happens there? Yeah, I mean, you've got the others go. You've got a three or four zone format, so well, exactly. I you think you it need scheduling. Nice to, uh, I thought it was really nice that we have the kind of the network style. Uh, it almost touches on Robocop. You know what's nice about Robocop? There's lots of things nice about Robocop, um, but you know we have the. Um, I love the kind of little uh, business, you know, the corporate subplot, and that you see the corporate world and how they're all the infighting, mm. and the, and we almost get that a bit here in network style with Killian um, and his uh, subaltern, and he's, you know, he has his kick the cat moment of, um, uh, if that guy's still mopping the floors tomorrow, then uh, you'll be mopping them the rest of the week. So we, we know mm. he's a wrong and straight away because uh, uh, because of that. Um, but. Uh, that never quite pans out into anything. It, it doesn't do it as well as Robocop. We have a nice moment of of, of him sort of arranging the scenes. Uh, but the actual... yeah, I mean, Net- Network was very, was clearly saying you know ma- mass pacification TV is bad, but that's yeah. okay because film isn't pacification TV. It's a completely different thing. Yeah. By nineteen eighty seven, that is less convincing. Yeah. Uh, but also, it never really seems to go. That there's obviously a lot of self parody involved here. Or potential, but it doesn't turn up except right at the end of the end of the credits. Yeah, there's uh, well, it, it you know it does a few. I remember Robocop, you know, has the adverts of um, mm. which are really nice parody, and and it gets the snippets in here, snippets in here, like tons of rewards for informing on your friends and that sort of thing, mm. and it it almost works, but, it, but it's then... barely there. Yeah, it never really leans into it. I mean, remembering that tension we've talked about before between saying, you know, violent media bad and here is violent media for you to enjoy watching. And this is definitely leaning towards the second half of that because, you know, it's Arnie. You enjoy watching Arnie murder people. (laughs) It's very hard for it to say, look at these terrible people enjoying this gory spectacle. Now here's some gory spectacle for you to enjoy. And it could have worked, but I think it would need to be more... Well, inglorious bastards. To do that. <laughs> but, yeah, um, and we, we've got yeah, that. We've got the the dance sequences for, for for the start and end of the show, choreographed apparently by Paula Abdul, who was working in Hollywood at the time. Oh, but okay. Well, so nice what? I mean, it's sequence. just a dance sequence. I don't need to see more than you know five seconds of it, but we get the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's a bit like the uh, the weird musical number at the beginning of Temple of Doom, I suppose. I, I appreciated <laughs> it there more, um, but yes, it, it's. Uh, I, I think uh, Richard is it Richard Dawson who plays Kelly? Yeah, as uh, great as a slimy, uh, well, Frank Sinatra esque 
Yes, kind of... so he was the original host of the game show Family Feud. Oh, really, was he? From 1976 till 1985. Oh, that adds a whole other level of... Um, uh... So he clearly knew that inside out. Oh, God, I bet he was enjoying being a part Yeah. <laughs> I, I think he does a great job of this slimy um, uh, baddie, really, that is, is kind of manipulating behind the scenes. Presumably Killian's the main baddie in the, the book as well. As far as I remember, um, yeah. I, I think there's less... Well, the, the, we don't really hear much about the government here apart from get me the president's agent. But Yeah, I, I feel like there's so much here it could have explored in an interesting way. Um that it doesn't, mm. and that my other problem uh, with the Running Man is ultimately the fight scenes. Right? So I remember these being, oh, there's these great like super villain bad guys like Sub Zero, like Buzzsaw, and he gets all these killer lines like, um, "It's okay, you can keep your chainsaw." I can't, I can't even remember the quips now, but I remember them being amazing um, at the time. But they're actually watching it now. They're all just kind of big men hitting each other in a dark place. Mm. There's not a lot to them, so <laughs> they they don't really uh, they don't really sing in a way that you feel that they they should. Is that is that how you felt too, or did the fight scenes work? Yeah, I mean, some of it worked, but it was it was all quite dim and dingy, and you often couldn't really see what was going on. And yeah. yeah. It had its moments, but you know, fundamentally, the, the big guys are are just big guys. I mean, uh, Toro Tanaka, yep, yep, wrestler did it did his thing, but yeah, he he, he works out pretty well, I think. Um, yes, well, Buzz, the first Buzz fight saw, I think is good, but then the, uh, the Gus Rathish, he he only about, gets about one line, and, yeah, it, and he's, he's yeah. not very convincing with that, so. Yeah, it doesn't feel... You know, in The Predator, we were talking about, you know, Arnie has to sort of think his way round. But here, he just punches them all to death for the Mm -hmm. most part. He just Arnie's them. Um, So he's not... uh, They're they're not that interested. They've all got their gimmicks, um, all of which um, uh, balled them up. We have Jesse Ventura, and I remember, you know, Captain Power. Oh, it's going to be amazing when he turns up. But he basically says, no, I'm not doing it. (laughs) You're fucking joking. Um, I'm not going to do that. Um... So we have this. Um... It, it's much more the sort of thing I would expect to be somebody's first film role than his part in Predator, which actually was. Yeah, yeah. Here uh, you think uh, he's kind of built up a bit to be this. He's going to be the ultimate villain, and it's going to be a great showdown. But actually, we just have this kind of faked moment um, where he kills someone else. Um, that technology is probably available right now. You know that traveling that technology, mm-hmm. um, but. I was surprised that he just has a pretty underwhelming role that you just kill someone. Then he's not in it again. I thought he might turn up at the end when when Arnold turns up for Killian. Um, You're cancelled. It's funny, I can't remember any of the quips, even though I watched it yesterday. And uh, Jim Brown uh, as Fireball. So he's a former American football player rather than a pro wrestler, but, you know, big guy. Has one of those... Okay, this this may be just a quirk that I have, but uh, a there there are certain faces that turn up on Black American men that I find yes. really interesting and could simply watch all day while they read yes. the phone book or whatever. Um, and he's pretty much wiped out in his second scene. Uh, well, we also have a criminally wasted uh, Yafet Koto, who we just mm. saw in um, Aliens. Um, uh, I'd love him as an actor, but um, he doesn't get much to do other than be uh, cannon fodder. Um, uh, it's, 
it's all quite forgettable, which is weird because I remember a lot of this. I remember um, the buzzsaw scene so well, and I remember the dynamo, is it? The opera singing electric guy. Yeah, um, uh, Ellen uh, Van Lid, um, who is in fact an opera singer, among the other things. So all that, yeah. Um, and then we have, a, you know, another, um, well, another Latin American uh, lead female character, um, uh, Maria Conchita Alonso. Mm-hmm. Um and she she gets a bit more to do than perhaps some of the other leads. I mean, um, we didn't even mention the uh, the female lead in Predator because she just gets to look scared basically and doesn't do very much yeah. at all. Um, here, I, I, I think bit... Cindy is probably the most active of of the female yes. leads of these three films. But uh, yeah, a, a bit of stunt casting. Mick Fleetwood. Oh wow, Mick Fleetwood! Of course, so he was the old. Resistance guy. Yep. I could tell it was a man in you've got to look old makeup, but um, <laughs> I couldn't work out who it was. It sounded familiar. I, I suppose you never see quite how tall he is, which might have given it away from me. Um, all right. Well, he's fine. I, uh, as far as uh, he, he's slumming it. Uh, why these guys that they've said are on a, an island? Why are they storing their corpses in the zone? where the game show is happening. Yeah, why not just dispose of the corpses? Presumably yeah. you, have, you have a whole bunch of corpses to dispose of every week anyway. Yes, exactly. Why And leave their leotards on, uh, which Arnie looks very good in. I'll give you that. Um, <laughs> uh, it wouldn't look so good on me. Yeah, we, now, we, are enjoying, we are enjoying the asses of all the cast here. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't understand why the, the corpses are there. And then mm. it's also a bit inconsistent because they're... They have deaths where the whole audience can see, and it's all been filmed. And then they have moments like that where no one saw that bit, so they have to then hack into it. And um, it doesn't make a lot of sense, really. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and the resistance there, there is that... to have their headquarters in the basement of the fourth zone well, of the Running Man place. A resistance facility. I think it's implied that it's not the only one, but yeah. Right. The one Could... with Mick Fleetwood in, though. But, but also because it's, it's part of the abandoned city. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, the, the cops and soldiers and whatever don't go looking there, which is fair enough up to a point. Um, I presume there's a load of TV execs and stuntmen and things all around there all the time. Anyway, you, you would think, yes. yeah, even if the camera operators are, are all remote. Um, the, the one thing that struck me was yeah, that desperate optimism, which we just can't believe in these days, of when the people uh, have it pointed out that they've been lied to, they will actually care. <sighs> Well, uh, yeah, <laughs> you would have thought that would make a difference, but yeah, okay. Um, the way just, I remembered it, there was an actual uprising at the end of the film, and that's not really what happens here. I, no, I, I couldn't help a... thinking that the, the next shot might be, so then the army and the riot police shot everybody. Yeah, they just, uh, they sort of break into the TV network, don't they? And uh, he launches Killian off into a... Well, that, that's the thing, in, in the book, Killian is the villain, so yeah. it works a bit better. I think, in a way, Killian's a great slimy baddie, but it's hard to think of him as the, you know, the main source of all the ills in this society, so killing Mm. him isn't going to solve much. Um, Also, he hits a wall and then explodes. I don't know what is it in that wall that explodes. Was it, it like, loaded with fuel behind the... I don't know. Maybe I missed a reference. For for that matter, he bounces up. You know, the the catch net has been removed, but there is no particular reason why his sledge should then bounce up off the floor. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, 
Mm. I was under. I I was surprised to find I thought Running Man was the the worst of the three, and I'd, I'd been quite looking forward to it. But in mm. scope, it just feels a bit. Ugh, I like the, there's not much actually going on action wise, other than sweaty men with flamethrowers wrestling each other every so <laughs> often. Um, so there's not much action. I mean, again, Arnie's character is the same character, um, complete with cigar and quips. Mm-hmm. Um, he has the same. Uh, 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 well, yeah, he's the same uh, grin, and uh, I don't. I just Amber, Amber has under- moved into the apartment of a guy who's been taken away to the re-education camps and hasn't changed the passcode. There's a lot that doesn't make a lot of sense. And I can forgive it in Commando more because it's not... I don't know, it feels like it's... it's you know, we've talked about, um, you know, sometimes films that aren't addressing social commentary directly but touch on it, sometimes they do a really good job of that and we, mm. you know, like in Jaws sometimes. Uh, this feels like the opposite. This feels like something that pays lip service to something that it's trying to pretend that it's exploring but isn't, you know, like um, voyeurism and dystopian future and democracy. But it, it kind of misses all those things and just leaves it a bit empty it doesn't it doesn't even to me really explain the core concept of the game show that's something where Mm. you could say oh and now they're they could have a commentary oh they're moving into this next bit this is the ice bit or so but it just no now they're in the other dark grimy warehouse bit as opposed to this grimy warehouse bit yeah thinking about commandos in in contrast um uh, john rogers who was a showrunner on leverage talks about the idea of crime world which is, yeah, it's always there just below the surface and the cool yeah. people can get into it. And that's what's happening in Commando, I think. And that, that's how you can justify, yeah, you go into the surplus shop and here is this armory behind the counter. Yeah. Um, yes. but it's, it, it's always showing that friction. You know, Cindy is not part of crime world. And so, and that, that's where we get, you know, to Arnie, it's just another day at the office. Um, yeah. to her, it's a, a scary thing. Um, and this doesn't have this doesn't have that contrast. You know, everybody who is in this set, in this world knows what it is like. There are, there are no real surprises, yeah. except that things are even even worse than they thought they were. Yeah, yeah Am- Amber is the closest to that, to and, and that she shifts either. to active collaborator really quite quickly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's kind of forced into it, but I, as you say, like the, the Well, no. I mean, she, she doesn't have to go and try to try to get the original massacre footage. No, she doesn't. She just does. She's she's disturbed because she realises there's a lie. Um, but yeah, I, you, actually, you've really depressed me with that comment that she finds truth of the lie and it's then assumed that everyone's going to uh, be unhappy about that instead of then saying, oh, this is a conspiracy. No one happened. Uh, this is directed by Paul Michael Glazer, better known as um, Starsky from Starsky and Hutch, <laughs> which surprised me. Arnie was not happy with his director. There was an original director that got sacked a couple of weeks in to the filming. Yeah. It, uh, it was a week it, behind schedule. After two weeks, harsh. yeah. It seems a bit harsh. It was only two weeks in, but but there we go. Um, so that uh, was uh, Andrew Davis, uh, known for, well, he did, he did Under Siege. <laughs> okay. Right. Uh, he did one of the remakes of The Fugitive. Um, I mean, he's, ba- he's basically a crime action guy at this point. Um, well, I, I'm going to sort of blame the direction a bit here because it just doesn't. Uh, it's it's not big in scope and it doesn't really dwell on the things that are interesting. There's thing, lots of things to like. I love the kind of premise 
Um, I love Richard Dawson as Killian. Hmm. Um, Arnie is Arnie, um, of course, <laughs> and you know yeah, everything else rotates him. around him. <laughs> um, I, I think he, this, this is the one where he's he's least prepared to take second fiddle. I mean, basically, almost everything that is done is done by him. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, he does get get his, and it's getting to the point now where his "I'll be back" is getting a bit tiresome, um, mm. as it did. I mean, this is getting towards. Well, it's not quite the end of his career, but uh, well, he, uh, when, he definitely makes a bit of a face change. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, we have Terminator 2 after... It's a, I, you know, we were talking about his acting style. They made a virtue of his slightly wooden acting style in Terminator because he just he really is... In the Terminator 1, he's genuinely scary and robotic. Um, and Terminator 2, he manages to bring that round. Uh, but I... Well, I let, admit... let's look at what comes next. Because, okay, so we, we've... Yeah, before Commando, we've got uh, the two Conan films, The Terminator and Red Sonja, which is effectively a third Conan film. Oh, they weren't allowed to say it, were they, for copyright? As as far as he's concerned. Yeah. Um, There's Raw Deal of 86, which is basically... um, uh, I I I seem to remember basically the the undercover thing goes wrong and, yeah, there's lots of murdering, but it's basically contemporary crime. Right. Um, So after this, uh, we get Red Heat... Yeah, where he, he's, he's the stoic Russian guy. Yep. Um, very, very much a film of the Glasnost era. Yes, um, very much. But then Twins, which is explicitly a comedy. Well, they did a... Tra- this was Ivan Reitman, wasn't he? He did three yeah. Ivan Reitman films, um, none of which I found particularly funny or interesting, I must say. So they, they weren't for me, but they they did phenomenally well, I think. Yeah, I, mean, I, I wasn't a big fan. What was it? Kindergarten cop, and um, uh, the Dave? one where he's pregnant, Junior. Yeah, Babe or something like that. Oh, yeah. Dave, Dave uh, and oh, Davey's a cameo, uh, but Junior, yeah. Uh, so yeah. twins anyway. Was he was trying trying to go for something that was explicitly a comedy? Didn't didn't work well for me. I do remember that I saw it, but I remember very little about it. It seems um, to me the big joke was that he and Danny DeVito were twins, and that I don't know that. As itself doesn't seem enough of a joke to me to carry a whole. Well, film. the the um, advertising line was only their mother can tell them apart, and I feel if they'd actually leaned into that, it could have been quite fun. But no, yeah. <laughs> Basically, um, De- Devito is a, a minor crook, and Arnie is an innocent brought up on the island with with his experimenter father. That's right. He's like this some perfect, um, uh, but morally. Um, uh, childish, yeah. It's okay. I mean, I don't think they're terrible films. They just weren't for us. Probably. But after that, Total Recall. So, oh, I do like a bit of Total Recall. I, it was, I've, I've, that would have been, would have been the third, the fourth film if I'd done a fourth film for this. Yeah, I haven't seen it for ages. I hope it. I think it stood up better than Running Man, but <laughs> I might have to watch it after this. Uh, so yeah, Kindergarten Cop, which is Reitman again. Uh, Terminator Two. Which we've talked about. And that, that's really his kind of. Uh, I don't want to use the word apotheosis too often uh, in a row, but I think that really is his box office peak at that point. So a, a cameo in Dave, which is basically you know the honest guy becomes president by accident. Oh, I like that. Is that Ivan Reitman as well? Feels like an Ivan Reitman film. Oh uh, yeah, it is. Oh, it is. But yeah. it, it's mostly Kevin Klein and Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, it's a, I, I like it. Uh, then Last Action Hero, which we talked about. Yes. Uh, okay. Oh, well, ignoring the cameo, uh, True Lies, 
which I like True Lies. I didn't I love at the time. Yeah, the, the, this was where I felt he was he was really going off. But uh, it's got Bill Paxton in it. What more do you want? And it's it's got that's the one with the Harrier, isn't it? Yes, yeah. yeah it's got so, Jamie Lee Curtis in as well. I, I yeah. have a lot of affection for True Lies. Um, but, uh, then uh, Junior, so. which, as you say, is the one, the one where he's pregnant. Um, then what you might call the Phase Two ones, where he's, he's, I think he's trying to be a bit more of a sympathetic character and a bit less violent. But the first of those is Eraser. Uh, oh goodness, yeah. Uh, uh, Christmas family comedy, Jingle All the Way. Jeez, uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Batman and Robin. You are not sending me to the cooler. Which, which is the third of, of three films to have in them two future US state governors. <laughs> um, Running that's Man and um, Predator being the other two, because Jesse Ventura. Yeah, Jesse Ventura as well. That's, um, and it turned out they were more moderate than the current Republican Party. But there we go. Uh, nice. Yeah, and End of Days, which I, I quite enjoyed. It wasn't brilliant, but it had its moments. I haven't seen that one, but that that feels to me like the end of his. Miriam Margulies beats up Arnold Schwarzenegger, and, make, <laughs> oh, and they like both and they both make it look convincing. Oh well, I should definitely watch. It, that it's film. worth it for that scene. Um, the sixth day about cloning, and then a whole bunch. I think that was the last one I saw. There's a whole bunch of stuff on this list I just haven't seen. I, well, he became the governor pretty soon hmm. after that, and so he didn't act. For some time, presumably. Yeah, but he, he started, he basically, since about uh, 2017, he's, he's started doing a lot more. Um, uh, I haven't seen much of his new, apart from Terminator Dark Fat, um, as our <laughs> local cinemator, <laughs> cinema described it, which is the, the third best Terminator film, which isn't saying much. Um, oh, he, he's apparently in Kung Fury 2. Oh, okay. Oh, he's in a few of the Expendables as well. Um, the Expendables. Uh, have you seen Kung Fury? I have seen Kung Fury. Right. I uh, haven't seen Kung Fury 2. Um, it hasn't been released yet. I, I like, but it's one of those films, a bit like Hot Shots, that isn't quite as funny as I want it to be. It, um, it's, it needs to be a short, really. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, it just The joke doesn't quite sustain it. Airplane manages it and Naked Gun manages it, but very few other of those films can yeah. work for me. Um, one little bit of casting I want to mention in passing is actually another returning actor from Predator, um, Sven Torsen, uh, who, who is uh, Sven the Bodyguard in this. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was a stretch for him then. Um, yeah, but yeah. It, 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 it's not a challenging role, but he does it well. Yeah, that's a, that is a nice little callback, really. And, and, and he's really the only guy who gets to be the worm that turns for Killian. You know, he, he, he's being horrible to everybody, finally catches up with him. Yeah, I, that's a nice moment. It feels like, well, not that they could have made more of it, but um, it, it works as it is. He, he's more in, of that sort of thing. Yeah, he's um, in Predator at a distance as the guy who shoots the hostage in the camp. Oh, is he? Oh, okay, that's a, and uh, and he uh, may be in the battle scene, but you know, shrug. So, what have we got? Having watched these uh, three early to mid Arnies, what's our conclusions about them? How do you? Has it changed your opinion of uh, Schwarzenegger? Um, well, how do you feel? I, I, I think I still love Commando because of its place in my personal film watching history. That's fair. Yes. Um, I, I will readily accept that it has many things wrong with it. <laughs> the Running Man has many things wrong with it too, but doesn't have that place in my film watching history. So, <laughs> so it, yeah. yeah. Oh, um, D'Souza, who was producer again on this, um, 
said in an interview some years later that apparently the producers of American Gladiators sold the show they were going to make to the networks with clips from The Running Man and basically said it's going to be just like this except without the murdering. <laughs> well, in a way, if it had been more like Gladiator with murdering, but it, it, it doesn't really quite live up to that. Mm. Um, I, I, I've enjoyed this rewatch. I, and I think I... Uh, Predator, I think I, like, I like better than before. Yeah, okay, yeah. That well that's I, I would I I think I always liked Predator, but I always had it sort of low on my list of masterpieces, mm. but I think it it has. Having watched the other two, um <laughs> it's improved. I do think Arnie unashamedly I think he is genuinely a movie star, you know. He's not just like a uh, genuinely has a ton of charisma. He's very watchable. Uh, he's always Arnold, but you know, there's plenty of, as you say, Tom Cruise is always Tom Cruise. Um, James Stewart was always James Stewart. Um, that doesn't mean you can't have some nuance and play with that image like he did with Last Action Hero, um, as we talked about. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, once you notice the, the thing where he always seems to end up with a non-white woman, uh, which is also yeah. total recall, of course. It, it starts to feel a bit icky. <laughs> the, uh, particularly with some uh, unsubstantiated or um, un, uh, uh, unprosecuted uh, rumours about his behaviour. Well, let's see. Um, he, he has certainly had had affairs that he has admitted to, and in well, some cases that divorced, o- I think. other people uh, admitted to for him. Um, he has been accused of sexual harassment. I don't think he has ever been accused of sexual assault to the point where it actually got to formal proceedings. Yes, um, I, I think. Uh, I, I get the feeling that, you know, in, in general, he is just the, the sort of guy who, you know, women on set are there to be fondled a bit because, you know, they're pretty. That's what they're for. Yeah, yeah, that kind of... Um, and, I... and on the one hand, it's not malicious on his part. On the other hand, that's not much comfort to the people it happens to. So Exactly. Yeah. Um, as a, you, I don't want to get too much into politics. As a governor... I was surprised. You know, he seems like the typical Republican. Well, he, he was a quite rare thing in the eighties, an actual right-wing espousing actor in Hollywood. Yes. So, yeah. but uh, I think the Republican Party has since moved much further to the right of him, rather than uh-huh. he has mellowed. <laughs> rather than he has mellowed over time, but he actually is much more of what we would call a, a centrist um, nowadays. But at least uh, by American standards, yeah. At least by uh, American standards. But uh, we're not here to, uh, I guess, talk about his politics. But I, I found that interesting that, you know, I, I think of things like Commando, much as I enjoy watching it as, as kind of something of a Republican power fantasy, really, um, which I've come to realise that Dark Knight Returns, which I absolutely loved as a kid, really does read like a <laughs> pamphlet of how to be a Republican. Um, well, the, the, the there's the whole thing. Of, I mean, a lot of this sort of adventure action le- has its roots in uh, pulp fiction, which in turn has its roots largely in the Western when it's American yes. fiction. And that's very much, you know, we are out on the edge of civilization. It cannot help us. What what you need to be is the guy who can help himself because nobody else is in a position to aid you, and that yeah, that then it's a turns lot of, into um, individualism and anti-authority and with, toxic masculinity and with any of that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, to be fair, I think these films are a very much acceptable face of that whole chunk of things. Yes, yeah, and I, again, I'm not. I, uh, I it's not my politics, but I, I don't I don't mind them as as that kind of thing, and I do. You know, I, I enjoy. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> also, no, nobody's going to run out of one of these and say, "Oh boy, I want to enlist in the army." <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah the, um, I I do. I enjoyed all of them unashamedly. I was surprised though that Running Man really 
kind of let me down. I felt mm. like there wasn't that much to enjoy with my brain, you know, switched off. It just wasn't, there wasn't that much of a spectacle. With my brain switched on, there was a lot to dislike. Um, but the other films both work. I think Predator works on both um, levels, and Commando works pretty well as a... Uh, a yeah, I suppose I am going to say a bit of a dumb, um, <laughs> dumb <laughs> film. Uh, Running Man is more actively wrong or stupid. We, we, are, we are going to bludgeon your brain until it turns off in self-defence. <laughs> exactly. But overall, um, have, have my feelings changed about Arnie? I think um, I've become fonder of him in a way, watching these films. I, I do think genuinely, as I say, he's gen- a genuine movie star and a movie icon. Mm. Um and I don't think there's anyone... I know there are a lot of other uh, tough 80s guys, and that started to change, you know, with Die Hard. Um, well, that, that basically him. killed them off, but yeah. yeah. Certainly comparing this with Rambo 2 and 3, there, there's a lot more humour in between the action. There's a, a lot less, uh, yeah. I will take myself terribly seriously. Yeah, they're much more to my taste, um, these ones. I, I think Stallone became much more interesting and probably you know he wrote rocky and it's a much more interesting even if it's a bit of a by the numbers sports film um it's a much more interesting film in a lot of way and it's a shame in a way that stallone became another one of these kind of 80s action hero types because th- there is actually a lot more to him i think but when we talk about tough 80s guys um and big bulging biceps and that sort of stuff i do think arnie uh, for me uh it's is in a league of his own compared to the others, and probably, mm. you know Van Damme. And, well, uh, Van Damme comes in a bit later. I, I do enjoy some of his films, but there are some where he just comes over as completely unsympathetic to me. So yeah, they, they, I don't think they have quite the star power. And you know, for me, Steven Seagal doesn't quite work for that either. For, and again, he's a mm. bit later, of course. Um, but the I've forgotten the guy, the the guy who's in uh, Rocky Four, who also became a bit of a. Uh, as the Russian guy who kills Apollo Creed, Dolph Lundgren. Uh, but I think none of them were quite, for me, I think Stallone is a very interesting character and, and a, probably a much better acty, actor than Arnie. But I, I think um, Arnold is the icon for me. I, I, I remain fond of him and unashamedly enjoy some of those films, silly and violent as they are in some mm. ways. And in, in terms of the, the the whole binary masterpiece thing, which is looking blunter and blunter, but um, yeah, I mean, I, w- I would say now Predator and not the other two. Yeah, that I would be mirrored by that. Uh, I, I, I thought Predator actually would fall short of it, but watching it again, I think it is pretty tight and well done and well written. And uh, uh, John McTernan certainly knows what he's doing. I think maybe you could not necessarily level that at the other two directors we have on show here. Um, but that might be a bit mean. Well, lovely. That was a, that was a bit of an epic um, Arnold uh, session. Um, are we, uh, are we going to finish with we'll be back? I don't, it seems too obvious. If we got another, <laughs> we got another option. I was going to say promotional, promotional considerations paid for by Kelton flamethrowers, Wainwright electrical launchers and Hammerden gauge chainsaws. Mr. Marsh's wardrobe by Chez Antoine, 19th century craftsmanship for the 21st century man. That has reminded me, I did like a line from The Running Man, which was, I'm your government-appointed publicity agent. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) But um, otherwise, um, we'll leave it at that. Goodbye. We'll be back. I couldn't resist it. Sorry. (laughs) 